When Cameron's down in Egypt land, <laughs> let my Cameron go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, ow, ow. Hello and welcome everybody to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. And this is episode three of our podcast. How are you doing today? I'm tired. Tired? <laughs> so we're announcing right at the beginning that this is going to be a fun-filled, energetic podcast. Yep. Energy I, all the time. Well, I have my... My performance-enhancing drugs. We're drinking Bloody Marys this time around. <laughs> so we're, uh, we did one with wine, one completely dry, and now the Bloody Marys. Do we alternate from here on out, or do we go uh, one way or the other, or are we still just kind of figuring this out? I think it's out? whatever the mood is. Okay. And today is definitely Bloody Marys. It's a Bloody Mary sort of day. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Let's get started with the winner of the audio round from last week, the Meowing TV theme songs, which we got a lot of very positive feedback on. That was pretty fun. Yeah. At some point, we may release the uh, unedited version of that because oh, no. I got a chance to, as, <laughs> as the editor of this podcast, I got to listen to the whole thing, and it is it is a delight. That's like five minutes of me just laughing. <laughs> One person got six out of the seven TV shows right, and her name is Brittany Von Spreken. She is the winner of this week's audio round. Congratulations, Brittany. Yes, and here is the audio round answers. The X-Files. Law and order. The Jetsons. Star Trek The Next Generation. Red Dwarf. Cheers. The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Well, congratulations, Brittany. <laughs> well done. Congratulations. I love the fact that we were pretty close to tempo and key on a lot of those, considering that we weren't listening to the TV theme songs while we were doing it. Yeah. Well, that Red Dwarf one, I've heard that song. Oh, yeah. Many times. All of those are pretty ingrained in my brain. The Law and Order one is, and the Jetsons one is very 
Like, that's deep, deep stuff. <laughs> By the way, the cats are out for this podcast. Puka and Murderface are not being shy. Last time they hid for most of it. They were pretty much sleeping in the bedroom the whole time, and now they are out and about. They want it to be known that they are here, they are real cats, and they have <laughs> something to say. Puka, do you have something to say, Puka? Let's get started. And now it's time for the lightning round. So this is the part where I ask Monica five questions on a subject she has chosen. And she asks me five questions on a subject I have chosen. What is my subject this week? Basketball. Ooh, sporty. Uh, yours is on the TV channel Nickelodeon. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question one. On October 12th, 1979, Chris Ford of the Boston Celtics did what for the first time in NBA history? Wow. Did he die during a basketball game? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> He scored a three-point basket. He was the first three-pointer. Yeah. Oh. So I'm just going to tell you right now that I don't know shit about basketball. Okay. Okay. So if that is wrong, it is not my fault. It was wrong information. No, that's... So the three-point line, just quickly here. I know this is a lightning round, but uh, (laughs) this lightning will stretch out just a tiny little bit. Uh, The three-point line was in the ABA, the American Basketball Association, and it wasn't until 1979 that they adapted it into the NBA. So the uh, three-point line. So that's that's a good one. I like that one. Okay. Uh, All right, here you go. Your first question. Uh, What TV series took place at Camp Anawana? Salute your shorts. That is correct. Well played. I am a I am a child of the nineties. Well, then you should be you should you should ace this one. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your second question. The NBA announced in October 2012 that it would begin fining players for what action? Oh, I think I'm going to regret picking basketball as my subject. 2012, an action they were fined for doing. Was it hanging on the rim after a dunk? No, it's flopping. Oh, right, right. Which I love that that's what they call it because it's basically what they do is flop over on the oh, ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some people. Help me, help. It hurts. You know, you see that in soccer now a lot. That people will like somebody will hit somebody and they'll take a big flop backwards and get a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Your question number two: What Nickelodeon sitcom character was known for his love of orange soda and his catchphrase? Ah, here it goes. Was it like Keenan or Cal? You want to choose one? Oh, uh, Keenan. No. Yes. It was Kel. Oh. Oh. <laughs> They're was like Kel. a package deal. They are a package deal, but only one of them loved the orange soda. Mm, I like 
Yeah. Well, then you you could be Cal. There it goes. You're Cal. <laughs> All right. Question number three. You're gonna get this one. Okay. The signature song of the Harlem Globetrotters is a whistled version of what jazz standard? That is Sweet Georgia Brown. You got it. Yay. (laughs) I got the one about fake basketball. (laughs) Let's see if we can whistle the song. Okay. That's not too bad. Your question number three is a multiple choice. What was Nickelodeon originally called when it debuted in 1977? Was it called Yo-Yo, Pinwheel, or Kaleidoscope? Pink Kaleidoscope. It was Pinwheel. Sorry. They're practically the same. They're practically the same thing, except very, (laughs) very, 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 very different. (laughs) They both... Yeah. <laughs> They're both made out of glass. Can I get can I get a half a point for that? You can get <laughs> It's over. <laughs> it's over. It went so well until the third episode. <laughs> and it all was, went to hell. That's the make or break episode. <laughs> it's broken. Your question number four, you're gonna get this one too. Okay. In two thousand eight. The Seattle Supersonics relocated and now play as what team? Oh, this is going to make me sad. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Oh. Really? Oh. You're sad about that? So I used to go to a lot of Sonics games, and mm. I'm a big basketball fan, and not having the Sonics here, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was definitely heartbreaking. Well, maybe they just should have not demanded a new stadium and then everything would have been fine. Oh. <laughs> oh. Do you want to take this outside? I want to take this all the way outside. <laughs> Question number four for Monica. What long-running animated series follows 10-year-old Timmy Turner who gets his wishes granted by Cosmo and Wanda? Oh, see, I know what the show is, but I didn't really watch it. Is it Fairy Godparents? You're so close. I might even give you a half point for that. <laughs> but I'm not going to. It's the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh. That is only second to SpongeBob SquarePants in current animated shows. And wow, I didn't the, know uh, that one. On so that one's still on? Yeah, still on. Oh. Yeah. In 2008... 50-year-old Nancy Lieberman signed a seven-day contract with the WNBA team, the Detroit Shock, and played one game, breaking what record that she herself had set in 1997? To be the oldest player playing in the WNBA? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Nancy Lieberman. All right, your last question what new wave band sang the theme song to Rocco's Modern Life? 
The B-52s. The B-52s is correct. Have you seen that show? I have seen that show. I love that show. He's like an Australian, like a dingo or something, isn't he? He's He's a a wallaby. wallaby. I knew as soon as I said dingo, (laughs) it was wrong. So he didn't eat anybody's baby. No. No, he was a wallaby. So I watched that show as a kid and loved it. Then I went back as an adult and watched it again. And I think I liked it even more. Is it one of those sneaky adult? It is. Like there's some adult jokes in there that as a child you wouldn't understand. There are like Bugs Bunny episodes like that. And there are definitely uh, like Rocky, uh, Rocky Squirrel and Bullwinkle episodes that they sneak in little adult things that as a kid it goes right over your head and then you watch it later and you're like oh I remember particularly in Rock is Modern Life there's a turn your head and cough joke (laughs) and in the Salute Your Short show they go into this uh, like rest stop bathroom and they come out and the kid's like hey there's a balloon machine in there (laughs) 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 as a child i'm like why would there be a balloon machine in the bathroom yeah why is there a little tip on the end of so you can make balloon animals oh (laughs) everybody that's it for the lightning round This is Game Wrap. <laughs> All right, here we go. This week in history. In the recent year of 278. Everybody remembers 278. The Roman priest, St. Valentine, is beheaded on you know what day? February 14th. Oh, that's a, that must be the worst day to get beheaded. Right on Valentine's Day? But then... Sure. That day in 1929, penicillin was discovered. The best Valentine's Day. Yep. So you get beheaded in 278, and then centuries passed, <laughs> you get a social disease, and then it's cured also on Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's so romantic. It also cures beheadings. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like your head is off. Why don't you just rub a little of this moldy toast <laughs> right on that uh, opening? Mm. In 1879, President Rutherford B. Hayes signs a bill allowing female attorneys to argue cases before the Supreme Court. Way to go, R.B.H. Well, so before that, they couldn't? There were female lawyers, but they could not present cases in front of the Supreme Court. Is it because they they were too emotional about it? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that was the the only reason. Because male attorneys never get emotional about stuff. Men in general 
never emotional. That's very, very wrong. Wrong again. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry. Gosh. Are you, is it that time of the month? I need a hug. <laughs> I'm not hugging you. Okay. Fine. Fine. In... 1885, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain is published. Did I tell you my uh, my Mark Twain joke that I made up? No. Wait, you've been holding out a Mark Twain joke <laughs> on me? It's Mark Twain, Albert Einstein, and Kurt Vonnegut walk into a bar Okay. Something, 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 big white hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is all mine. That's a good one. <laughs> Trademarked Monica. 1903, the first teddy bear goes on sale. It's named Teddy Bear after then President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. So why did they make the bear? So the bear was made as a toy, but it was named Teddy Bear after a political cartoon in which uh, Theodore Roosevelt, who was a known hunter... uh, Shoots a bear? Well, there's a little bear in the cartoon. He's not shooting the bear. (laughs) It was just that the bear was in the political cartoon. 1930, Pluto is discovered by astronomer Clyde... Tumbaugh. Sad. Sad what they did to Really? And the thing about everybody being sad about it is like, it's just a category. It's still the same thing it ever was. Right. It's out there doing its thing. Sure. Like, it didn't change that. You're so good to the planets <laughs> and to the non-planets. It really is a credit to I you. I love the planets and the non-planets equally. Oh. I really believe in equality. You're like the grandparent who's like asked, asked to choose between the two children and says that I love them exactly the same. I would be able to choose a child. Well, that's true. <laughs> children are one that thing. That one doesn't scream as much. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I don't remember its name. <laughs> it. Its name. Oh, motherhood. Thy name is Monica. I am very maternal. And yet, if you saw a just a creature wandering around the house with no name, you would name that creature. You mean like that spider Fred over there? Yeah, spider Fred <laughs> or uh, silverfish on the wall, Jerry. Ooh. Yeah, maybe not the those silverfish. Those things are weird. Yeah. But I don't crush them. Animals above people most of the time, in your estimation. Yeah. They gotta be, they gotta be kind of cute though. Yeah. How about animals, people, planets? No, planets is number one. Wow, wow, <laughs> planets! Congratulations, you win Monica's love. Uh, I feel like we're not even making sense anymore. I'm not sure what you mean. 1933, Wisconsin Senator John Blaine sponsors the Blaine Act and starts the process of repealing the 18th Amendment, which means prohibition coming to an end. Let's have a sip of Bloody Mary over Mm, that. Bloody Mary. Yes. 
Without John Blaine, we might be getting arrested for this Bloody Mary right now. Blaine, we love you. Prohibition didn't work. No, but I understand where they were coming from. Yeah? What was the group of women called that were pro-prohibition? <laughs> well, the Women's Temperance Union yeah. was the main group. Now, where I went to college in lovely Evanston, Illinois, that's where the Women's Temperance Union began. And there were still lots of restrictions about what places could serve alcohol, what places could serve beer. You couldn't do things like uh, bowling was illegal. And this is where you chose to go to college? Yes. But <laughs> you have to understand that. So bowling was illegal and uh, bars and stuff were hard to come by. But if you go down to Howard Street, which divides Chicago from Evanston, Right on the other side of like Howard Street. There's bowling alleys. Oh, there's a bowling. There's Howard Bowl is right there and a bunch bar. of liquor stores. <laughs> In my hometown, they just opened their first brewery. Oh, wow. And it's called Mother Stewart Brewery. Mother Stewart? Yeah, and it's named after some woman who was a prohibition person. Oh, in your face, Mother Stewart. Which <laughs> I thought was kind of mean. This Pilsner's for you. Well, the whole group, it was like, we, we're we getting beat up right. by our husbands who spend all their money on alcohol, and we're not allowed to work or like leave the house, so let's stop this. There was a good point behind some of it. There was some one good thing that came out of Prohibition. Which is? Organized crime. Ah, it got all organized. <laughs> it was so disorganized before then, and then it was like, "Hey, let's guys, let's come together. Let's, let's make some gin in let's a bathtub. Capone, capone this. Let's capone this bitch. <laughs> let's capone it up. Poor Al. Oh yeah. Yeah, poor, poor Al. Al. <laughs> well, he got the syphilis. See, now if he had been. Uh, <laughs> You know, in 1929 and in, in, uh, on February 14th when they got the penicillin, he could have maybe gotten rid of that syphilis and then... Uh, Was he not alive then? Had, well, I don't know. That's a good question. Because it seems right around the right maybe time. Maybe he contracted it before the penicillin came out or maybe he was just like, I'm not eating any moldy bread. They didn't just eat moldy bread. Well, it was toast. They toasted it. Was that really what it was? No, I God. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Making shit up. 1950, director and screenwriter John Hughes is born. Quickly, favorite John Hughes movie? I think probably the uh, either The Breakfast Club mm-hmm. or The Ferris Bueller. I'm, I'm, I'm partial to The Ferris Bueller. I really like that movie. Yeah. But I like his friend better. Cameron? I do. I like Cameron better than yeah. Ferris. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that goes around that Ferris Bueller was a figment of Cameron's imagination? I have, like a Fight Club thing. Yeah. I have heard that. I've watched the movie with trying to keep that in mind. Yeah. It doesn't quite work. You know why? Why? Because that's not how it was written. Right. (laughs) It almost works up to the point where they are wrestling each other in the pool. Well, what about... The girl. Yeah, is she talking to somebody? Is she talking to herself? I mean, is she 
and in his imagination too? That's a very good question because there's the scene where he's up on the float singing Donkashane and they're walking on the sidewalk having a conversation. Is she just like walking around talking or is he talking to himself or are they talking about the imaginary person to get? Yeah, it falls apart pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. If it had worked, that would be a nice theory. But uh, no. In 1959, Fidel Castro becomes the premier of Cuba. So I'm going to admit my ignorance okay. of what a premier is. Well, it's the leader. It's just another word for leader. Okay. He probably just... I figure that's what it was, but I don't know what the difference is. I don't think there's much of a difference. I think you can call yourself a president, but be more like a dictator. It just sounds nicer. I don't think a lot of dictators call themselves dictators. No. First, probably because it has the word dick in it. Yeah. That's the only reason. And tater. Like tater tot? Yeah. So it's like you're... Delicious. Yes. Tater tots are delicious. (laughs) I saw a picture that was like tater tots and french fries and mashed potatoes and baked potatoes. And it was like, I don't have a type. (laughs) (laughs) I love you all. (laughs) I love you all. I love you all exactly the same. Uh It's just like you feel about the planets. I feel that way more about potatoes. Okay, so now let's rank this. <laughs> Animals, people, planets, potato products. What comes on top? Probably potatoes. Planets, you're out. <laughs> planets, you're done. But then you'll name something else I like and it'll be on top. <laughs> you know my favorite part of this right now is? We were talking about Fidel Castro, and we got on potatoes. Yeah, because I don't have a lot to say about him. No. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Fidel. Potatoes, though? More things to say. Sure. 1972, the Volkswagen Beetle passes the Ford Model T as the most produced automobile in the world. What are your thoughts on the Beetle? I like them. I did, too. That was a car that, when I was growing up, that was a coveted high school student car to have a VW Beetle, either that or a Mustang. Those were the two that people seemed to want the most. When I was in high school, it was the updated versions of both of those cars. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So that hasn't changed much. That's amazing. What was your first car in high school? Well, not counting my mom's giant van that she made me drive when I got my license. Oh, I think we need to count the giant van. (laughs) It was huge, and I was so embarrassed about it that I parked in the teacher's lot. (laughs) And I didn't get in trouble because it looked like a teacher's car. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, that must be Miss Shook from Home Ec. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what I teach. That was a little sexist. I'm very sorry. (laughs) The first car I owned was later. I didn't own a car in high school, but the first car I drove on a regular basis was a white Mercury Bobcat. Maybe one of the ugliest cars. It had white body and red plaid interior. Oh, my mom drove a Pinto oh. with the same coloring. See, now the Bobcat and the Pinto are very, very similar. Like, so, is it a hatchback thing? It was a hatchback yeah. thing. 2006, the last MASH unit is decommissioned by the U.S. Army. Last one. Uh, MASH, of course, stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. That could certainly come Definitely up. Definitely sounds quiz. like a trivia question. You know what that sounds like is a four-pointer mm. for each part of that. 
So, do you know, I know why they were decommissioned. Oh, please. It's because suicide is painless. It takes too many changes. Fog I see Visions of the things to be The pains that are withheld for me I realize and I can see That suicide is painless It brings on many changes And I can take or leave uh, I thought for Valentine's Day that we would talk about things that we love. And the reason I bring this up is the things that we're good at in pub quiz and in trivia in general are usually things that we have some sort of passion, some sort of affection for. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick your brain for a moment. Mine? Yes. Oh. Name a movie that you remember just becoming infatuated with. So probably one of the first movies that I really got obsessed with was Aladdin. Oh, very nice. Life is your restaurant and I'm your melody. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a real like me. I loved the songs. And I was just at that right age where I was, it was just like a good time to get obsessed with something, you know? Right. I remember seeing it in the theaters and as soon as it came out on, at that point, it was a videotape. Probably because it came out in 92. It was a videotape and I had to get it immediately and I had to get the soundtrack on a CD and I watched the movie a lot and listened to that soundtrack a lot. Now, is that one of those, is this a movie that you could sing all the songs to or recite? Yep. Uh, I can still sing all the songs. Very nice. It was actually probably the first movie where I knew what date it was going to be released on video where I could buy it. And That's like very I had waited for it. That's a really early age to be that savvy about release dates I and things like that. I just loved it so much. Was and it because you were a Disney fan or was it because you were a Robin Williams fan or was it just the whole package just appealed? I think it was the whole thing. Yeah. Have you seen it recently? I haven't watched it for several years. I wonder, I always wonder. And I'm afraid to, actually. I always wonder about those things. Do they hold up after the original, uh, yeah. the original rush of, uh, of loving it? If it holds up when you well, uh, have I'm, a couple decades in between. I can pretty much guarantee there's no way I will like it as much as I did. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> and that's kind of why I don't want to watch it again. Right. I've seen some of the Robin Williams sequences. And there's so many like topical references that yeah. he makes at the time that I'm sure as a nine-year-old, some of those went right over your head. I think they did, but I think I also got a lot of them. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, mine... What was your first movie obsession? So mine is still is young. 
Um, it was the first movie that I remember seeing in the theaters, and it was my choice to see. And it was also the first movie that I repeated seeing in the theaters. And this was in 1981, so I was 12 at the time, and that was Time Bandits. Oh, I've seen Time Bandits. Yeah. Time Bandits is, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, movie directed by Terry Gilliam uh, of Monty Python fame. And there's people from Monty Python in the movie. But it's about a young boy who has a terrible parents, terrible family life. And one night he is visited by a bunch of, I guess we'll say dwarves, who have stolen a map from the Supreme Being that shows where the holes are in the universe so they can go back in time. And they only want to go back in time so they can steal things. Yeah. They just want to get rich. That's because they're time bandits. Yeah, they're bandits of time. (laughs) And I just remember seeing that in the theater. I remember seeing the trailer, wanting to go see it. It was PG. Was it really? Yeah. Because there's no PG-13 at that point. So there's either Uh... PG or R. So it was PG. And I don't remember it having bad language or nudity or anything like that. It was just weird. It was a weird movie. But that was something that appealed to me. And one of the reasons that stuck out in my mind, it was the first weird thing that I saw that I thought I understood and appreciated the weirdness of. I think I at least saw it three times in the theater and then saw it on when it came out on VHS, uh, saw it several times. Did your friends like it as much as you did? I don't remember. <laughs> and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so I, that's I a movie loved it. where at the end he's like, Dad, don't touch it. <laughs> it's evil. Um, yes. Uh, love, love that movie. And that's one that still holds up. Let's go on to a TV show. The very first TV show that I was really obsessed with was The Simpsons. Smithies, are they booing me? Uh, no, they're saying boo-earns. Boo-earns. Are you saying boo or boo-earns? Boo! I was saying boo-earns. When I was a kid, I got grounded a lot by my dad. Okay. (laughs) Because my dad was strict and I was not. (laughs) You weren't weren't a strict child? I was not a strict child. Well, I was a... I don't know. I wasn't a bad kid, but my dad was very strict and I have trouble remembering to follow the rules sometimes. So I'm grounded And it was the only time I was ever grounded from the TV. That's a tough one at that age. It was really, really tough. Now, how old are you at this point? I was probably like seven or eight. I was probably like eight, I think. And we had a babysitter. And the babysitter knew that I was not allowed to watch TV. And the Simpsons were on. So I said, I'm not watching the TV. I just want to be in the room with everybody. And I'm 
turned away from the TV <laughs> watching it in the reflection of the window. <laughs> <laughs> that is obsession. That is great. So I watched it up until about season 12, I think. And I can I can quote a lot of the first like 10 or 12 seasons. Right. And it it'll like come up in moments of like everything is always relatable to the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like that South Park episode of the Simpsons did it. Yeah. Like it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did. There's always something that'll be like, oh, have you seen that Simpsons episode where blah, blah, blah? And it, it comes up a lot. So that was the very first one. That's a good one. What about you? Well, TV. I was, I loved television when I was a kid. Probably the first show that I had a real obsession with, and this probably won't surprise too much, was Jeopardy. <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise. I watched me. Jeopardy when I was a, when I was a kid. I remember sitting at home after dinner, and it was a seven o'clock or seven thirty kind of show, mm-hmm. and sitting there wanting listening to these people play the game i was a game shows were kind of the early obsession for me jeopardy was one match game with gene rayburn was another one the first real like scripted show that i got obsessed with didn't happen until the 90s and it was buffy the vampire slayer really yes one of the tv channels started to show reruns in order so starting with the first episode of the first season yeah. and all the way through. And I got hooked on it. So had you seen the movie? I had not. I knew there was a movie. See, I loved the movie. See, and I didn't see the movie because I'd heard the movie was dumb. So I didn't. No, it wasn't. Well, well it I've was seen it since. <laughs> I've seen it since and it's fine. Yeah, I like it. Um, but at the time I was like, oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's not something that I'm into. I wasn't into horror movies. It looked kind of silly and... Um, Luke Perry was in it, and I was like, "I oh, but Time Bandits, right? That's that's not too silly, right?" But I was also <laughs> twelve. See, when the movie came out, I was in my twenties, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm not seeing that." And when the TV show came out, I felt the same way. I was like, "Oh, they made a TV show out of that stupid movie. This is not going to be any good." And it was just on. TV and I didn't really have any urging from anybody to watch it. It was just on and I started to watch it through and loved the dialogue, loved the characters. I've tried to watch it and I never really got into it. Yeah. But I love Firefly. Right. Uh, Nathan Fillion is always good in my book. Mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion plays a villain in the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Yeah. If you've never seen him play a villain... I haven't. He's super creepy as a villain. I could see that. Yeah. It can only mean an end is truly near. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part on account of her neck snapping and all. Did she say the end is near or here? All right, let's do one more of these, and I want to talk about... Music. Now you can do it as a as a song that you were obsessed with, a band that you were obsessed with, a musician. 
something that really like when you first heard it you were just like oh my god i was like a weird goth kid in high school interesting i try to go back and listen to the music that i listened to in high school and i don't really like it anymore yeah but so right out of high school like kind of in that first moving out freedom stage Mm -hmm. i got into punk music nice and one of the bands that i really liked was is no effects I think that Fat Mike as a lyricist is one of my favorites because he can tell clever, funny stories with song lyrics. And other people are like, oh, they got bad after this time because they're not cool anymore or something. But I thought they got better. And I think that he's a good singer and I like the backup singer and I like the whole band. That's a good one. Um, do you have a song by No Effects that you would recommend? Somebody who doesn't know anything about No oh, Effects. Oh, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. But I Do you can, have a favorite song? It's called Clams Have Feelings Too. Nice. It kind of reads like a silly poem. Okay. So I'm going to read some of the lyrics. No chowder for you, because clams have feelings too. Actually, they don't have central nervousness. No Manhattan style, clams have the right to smile. Come to think about it, they don't have a face. They have no face, no place for ears. There's no clam eyes to cry clam tears. No spinal cord, they must get bored. Might as well just put them out of misery. I don't believe it's selfish to eat defenseless shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) isn't that just fun that is great (laughs) a lot of their other songs are just about getting really messed up on drugs sure (laughs) sure well you get messed up on drugs and then you sing songs about clams (laughs) i think that makes sense (laughs) all right what about you music so i was a top 40 kid Growing up, and I'm talking early, like 1977, was listening to the radio pretty religiously. The first song that I remember being really, really excited about hearing on the radio and like, what is this? It's My Sharona by The Knack. (laughs) Yeah. Because... If you think about like the stuff that was coming out at that time was so sterile and I mean I love disco and I love the soft rock of the 70s but hearing that opening drum beat of My Sharona was so different than anything that was out there <laughs> yeah. and I remember I remember distinctly listening to my little AM radio and hearing that and like what is this? But it was that that got me into looking for these bands I'd never heard of. Um, it followed that I started to listen to things like Devo and the Talking Heads and Elvis mm-hmm. Costello, which is still Elvis Costello is still like my number one love of all time. Really? Oh, I didn't know absolutely, that. absolutely. That was Elvis Costello was probably the artist that I 
really obsessed over for decades. Slow dancers that left no one enough. rich glances and indiscreet yarning. Good manners and bad breath. Get you know loved, loved, loved. Picked up every album that he that he did. Listened to it. Learned the lyrics. Can sing them all. Just. I think he's brilliant. So from the knack to Elvis Costello, <laughs> that's that's a pretty good jump. Ladies and gentlemen, name that tune. Uh, we have an audio round that has kind of a Valentine's Day theme. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, you can listen to this while you're on your date. on Valent- Or you could challenge your loved one with this and say, if you get more than half of these right, I'll give you this diamond necklace. Wow. Or, or yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to give out a diamond necklace. <laughs> no, but we have an even better prize. The best prize ever is... We will say your name. We will even attempt to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Was that on purpose? No. <laughs> no, and it makes me sad that I did it. It makes me sad that you're laughing. Maybe I should say the name. Please do. <laughs> say correctly for me, would you? Correctly. Thank you. So, yes, we will say your name on the podcast. All you got to do is send in your answers to quizfix at gmail.com. This one is duets, singing duets. Do you have any favorite duets? Well, we have sung some duets in karaoke. Yes, if you come down and see us do karaoke, we do a mean bare naked ladies if I had a million dollars. I would have to say that's my favorite. It's pretty good. It's fun every time we do it. Yeah, it changes with the uh, <laughs> with time. Do you? I I have to say this. Did you hear the guy who thought we were married? <laughs> He's his exact words were, "I hope you guys are married." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was more of a hope. Yeah. And the answer was, "We're not married." Nope. No, not married. No. No. But you did give me that diamond necklace. Well, you won the quiz. <laughs> what else was I supposed to do? But for you people out there, all you're going to get is your name on the podcast. But, hey, that's something. That's the best prize I've ever heard. Yeah. So in this one, no titles are necessary. All you need to do is give me the uh, the two people who are duetting. And I will say this right now. This is not an easy one. No. So take your time, gather some people around, make your best guesses, and send them in. Yeah, don't (laughs) cheat. Here we go with the audio round. Your audio round. Starts now. (laughs) Ooh, ow, ow. (laughs) Your audio round starts now. One. Two. 
Four. Funny you're the broken one, but I'm the only one who needed saving. Cause when you never see the light, it's hard to know which one of us is caving. Five. Still left an answer So much I've never broken through And when I feel you near me Sometimes I see so clearly Seven is full of rings and charms and pretty birds Please understand me My walls came falling down There's nothing here that's left for you Check with lost and found all right, that is the audio round. Once again, send in your answers. Uh, the two people who are singing the duets and send in your answers to quizfix at gmail.com. Send it first, send it right, and we will say your name on the podcast next week. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. You know there are greeting cards to give people that are single for Valentine's Day? Are there really? Yes, there are. There's Valentine's Day cards, too. What? What is Galentine's? You don't know what Galentine's Day is? I have no idea what Galentine's... Why, why have we waited up to this point in the podcast <laughs> to talk about Galentine's Day? Galentine's Day... I don't know if it was originally started by Parks and Rec, but that's where I heard about it. And it's the day before Valentine's Day, and it's ladies celebrating ladies. And you, like, go out to brunch, and it's... Uh, as Leslie Leslie Nope says, hoes before bros, uteruses before deuteruses, ovaries before broveries. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there a male equivalent to Galentine's Day? I think it's every other day. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a ladies' spa for Sandy's birthday. Yeah. And our friend Anushka asked me, is there a, a men's only spa? And I said, yeah, it's the whole rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not a big fan of the rest of the world. <laughs> it's uncomfortable out there. A lot of guys in towels snapping each other and it's not fun. And that's the podcast. That is the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.